How does a pre-pharmacy major end up in medical school? What sparks an interest in something called PM&R? What happens when you and your spouse end up in the same rotation? How do you organize interviews for couples matching? Today on Talking Missions and Med Student Life, I interview James and Laura, fourth-year medical students here at the University of Utah School of Medicine. Helping you prepare for one of the most rewarding careers in the world. This is Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with your host, the Dean of Admissions at the University of Utah School of Medicine, Dr. Benjamin Chan. Well, welcome to another edition of Talking Admissions and Med Student Life. I've got a couple in my office today. I'm so excited. Laura James, say hi. Hi, thanks for having us. How's it going? Great. Okay, so let's start in the beginning. Um... Both of you are from Utah? Yes, I'm from Logan. Yeah, and I'm from Taylorville. And where did you guys meet? We met at Utah State. Yeah, so we met in college. My my next door neighbor was one of Lara's best friends, and so that's how we got introduced. Okay. And what year is this about? Uh, it was my Two, sophomore that, year. I think 2011. Yeah, 2011. Okay. Mm-hmm. Love right away? Love at first sight? Or was there some uh, mental gymnastics that had to take place? Or um, how, did, how did it go? Well, we dated for like eight months, and then we took a break, and then we dated again for like another eight months, and then we got engaged. Does that sound about right? Yeah. <laughs> I met so. Is that your version of reality, Laura, or how do you feel about that? <laughs> yeah, that's my version, I guess. James, so we met because I okay, my best friend actually was in love with James. Okay, <laughs> okay, we're getting so into this. this. Is like, <laughs> this well, is this is this story. is eight years ago, so okay. this is the real story. Okay, and so she was in love with James, and so she always wanted to hang out with him, um, and I was like trying to be a good wing woman and set them up. But James, I guess, wasn't into her. Well, I only had eyes for my neighbor's best friend. So um, after a few times hanging out, I got her number. I got Lara's number, I should say. And my neighbor, her friend, was, like, distraught about it. And mm-hmm. But um, actually, Lara's parents, she Lara asked her parents, so should I go out with him or not? Because I don't think that my friend wants me to go out with him. And her dad was like, oh, you should definitely go out with him. And her mom was like, no, you should be a good friend. You shouldn't go out with him because your friend... Lo-. Anyway, she followed her dad's advice. So I was a out. good friend, for yeah. the record. You were a good friend. And I said, hey, your crush asked me out. What do you think about this? And she was like, you should go out with him. It's fine. Nothing can come between us. And then the friendship ended right there, right? <laughs> and then the she never talked to you right again. There. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she dropped the mic and walked away. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then, so you, what year did you get married? In 2013. Yeah, 2013. 2013. Yes. All right. And then at what point in your relationship did you both start thinking about med school? I mean, or did it predate getting together? I'm, I'm just yes. curious how that kind of mm-hmm. unfolded. So James was always pre-med ever since I met him in 2011. Mm-hmm. And I was actually pre-pharmacy. And then um, after we broke up, actually, I was going through the the committee process at Utah State, and everyone was like, you are really competitive for med school. Like, have you considered going to med school? And (laughs) so then I kind of changed my mind at that point um, when we were broken up. Just to clarify... So the committee, the folks in the committee process at Utah State told her she had a stronger application than really any of the pre-meds, and mm-hmm. she, wasn't, she wasn't pre-med. So they were like, why aren't you going to medical school? And it really, I mean, you hadn't really considered it seriously before then, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so I started shadowing um, a pediatrician in Logan, and that's mm-hmm. kind of when I realized it. It was what really was for me because 
um, it combined like the patient care that I really liked mm-hmm. um, with the medical decision making that I liked in the best way. And bragging moment, she studied for the MCAT for just like 35 days mm-hmm. and just like destroyed the MCAT. So anyway, I'm just throwing that out there. Laura, for those of you who can't see at home, wow. Laura's making faces. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All the secrets are coming out. Okay. All right. So I think this is fascinating uh, because then like the first iteration of you applying together, what year was that? Oh, gosh. Oh, well, so we didn't apply together. It was 2000, let's see, we got married in 13. It was 2013. It was the 13-14 academic year that you were applying to medical school. So you were applying to medical school right when we got engaged. Yeah. And so she was in the midst of the application process at that time. I was not ready to apply. I hadn't taken physics yet. I hadn't um, done, like, my MCAT prep. And we didn't think I would have enough time to, like, give it a good give it a good go yeah catch up really mm-hmm. so so what happened was I applied um and got into the University of Utah which is where I really wanted to go and then James had to apply the next year when I was a first year medical student mm-hmm. and was that your strategy at the outset or did you kind of like broad nets because I I, I I don't know how many schools you applied to but mm-hmm. I get I get the sense the theme was you wanted to stay in Utah yeah. or, or did you mm-hmm. did you were you willing to kind of be apart for a while or how, how did that look yeah yeah, we we knew that there was the chance that we would be apart mm-hmm. for medical school. So that wasn't like a deal breaker for both of us mm-hmm. going to medical school, but um, we thought Utah was kind of like our best chance. Yeah, okay. we definitely thought our odds were best in Utah. We were both Utah applicants. We kind of knew, you know, Utah was pretty, it's pretty transparent about the things that you need to do. And we felt like we were meeting high marks on those things. Okay. And so... Um, when Lara got in, we were encouraged, and then we moved to Salt Lake City. I worked here for a year. Um, I literally was just answering phones at one of the hospitals for a year while I was applying to med school. And but I applied to a lot of schools, knowing that Lara was already in medical school mm-hmm. at the U. Okay. So, and I actually I got into uh, like three other schools before I got into the University of Utah. Okay. So that was it was tenuous because I thought maybe I'd be moving to St. Louis or. Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. but then the call came in March. Okay, I, I called you in March. I, I vaguely, March. I vaguely remember that. Day. Yeah, that was a really good day. So, all right, so so you were separated by a year, yes, mm-hmm. initially, yes. initially. Okay, yeah. so how was that? I mean, like, you know, because like Laura's going through med school, she's mm-hmm. kind of. You know, like, the, the hard part about medical school, in my view, is that, like, people talk about it. There's definitely this image of what med school is like out in the media or, like, what people think culturally or stereotypically. But then you go to med school, and it's, like, hard to describe. And that's one of the reasons why I do this podcast is just to kind of learn about it. Mm-hmm. So, like, James, as Laura's go- – for Laura, like, was it, was it easy? Was it hard? I mean, how would you describe the jump from going, you know, from undergrad to medical school? Yeah, so first of all, I was so nervous to start medical school. I was like the most anxious I've ever been probably. But then when I got here, I just fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a really great first year, I thought. I had a lot of fun learning all the anatomy, histology. I had a good time. I thought it was fun. Mm-hmm. And I would say, I mean, I, from the outside, I got to see Lara starting medical school. She was really nervous about starting, but as soon as she actually started, I could tell she was having a really good time. I mean, she was always excited to tell me about the things she was learning, and um, 
it didn't seem like, I mean, of course she was studying like several hours every single day, mm-hmm. but it what didn't seem like something that she begrudged by any means. I mean, she was having a lot of fun. Like I remember she'd always, after anatomy lab day, she'd always come home, come home and be like, oh yeah, we dissected this today. We got to see the heart and we finally, we exposed the muscles. I mean, it was a lot of like excitement. Mm-hmm. So, and it was exciting for me, I think, cause I got to kind of have a. Kind of got to live through it yeah, at the beginning. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, I think it was good for me too, because I kind of knew what the schedule would be like coming into med school. And I had been to the med school, I mean, plenty of times, mm-hmm. just dropping her off and picking her up. So. Cool. So how did it feel being on two separate years initially? Yeah, so. Because, like, 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 just for people that don't know, the first year schedule, for the most part, is mornings off. Mm-hmm. Class in the afternoon, yep. and classes widely defined, small group activities, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Second year class schedules flipped. More classes, more activities in the morning, and the afternoons off. So, I yes. mean, like, how'd that work in your guys' so, relationship? It's right. funny because whenever we told people we were both in medical school, they were always like, wow, you must never see each other. That's so sad. Mm-hmm. And we saw each other basically all day because yeah. all the med students, first and second years, are in the HSCB. Yep. That's the building where we get educated and where we study. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, I feel like we just were with each other almost all day, except for when we were in class. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I would say, it's, I mean, it's funny because, I mean, the way that the day looked, we would both get here. We would usually come together in the morning. So we'd get here before 8 a.m. And then whoever wasn't in class in the morning or afternoon would just study. Mm-hmm. So I would study in the morning. She was studying in the afternoon. You guys were in the library a lot. The library was kind of your home. Yeah, away definitely. Because yeah. I remember seeing you a lot in the mm-hmm. library. Yeah. yeah. And we'd also, I mean, at night we would be here. You know, we might go home, make dinner, and then come back to the HSCB yep. from like <laughs> 7 till 10 or 11 some days. It just depended. But. Do you guys live close by? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The first year we lived in like... The Mill Towers? Creek. No, 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 not that close. <laughs> no, not that close. Yeah, okay. and then we moved to close to downtown, close to... Salt like, Lake Regional. Yeah, Salt Lake Regional. Okay, area. all right. Yeah. Yeah. Not too far, not too far. Uh, okay, so when did the discussion start, or maybe it started immediately, about Laura doing something else for a year? So you guys started being in the same year. Or, yes. or was that a late discussion? I mean, how did that kind of unfold? No, so we knew about the couples match um, before we even applied to medical school. Mm-hmm. So we had always planned that I would take a year doing something else so that we would be on the same track. So I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do um, kind of the end of my first year, start of my second year. I was thinking about what I wanted to do. And I finally decided to do the unique program at University of Utah, that's the master's in bioengineering. Okay. So it's the BioInnovate program. And what what were you considering and why did you end up on that one? Yeah, there's a few things, a few options. So you can always take the year and just do research. Um, You can do an MPH, you can do an MBA. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really like the master's in bioengineering because I felt like it kind of fit my mindset. Mm -hmm. Like I was always interested in improving healthcare and things like that. So it really drew me in. Was that like bench to bedside type activities or were were these engineering classes or what were you doing? Yes. So basically it trains you on problem-based clinical innovation. So how to appropriately identify a clinical problem, how to, you know, vet the problem, make sure that it's worth going after, Mm. how to go through the FDA process for medical devices um, so basically I was on a team and we 
found a problem, we took the problem through prototyping, through the FDA, all the way to like forming a company during that year. It was oh, really fun. Can you talk about it? I mean, what's, or is yeah. it, is it, well, I mean, what was the product or what was the yeah, yeah. device or, yeah. So it was really fun because I was on a team with three other women and mm. um, so we went after a women's health problem. We ended up developing a new videoscopic vaginal speculum. Mm. And we just thought the pelvic exam needed a ton of work. Couldn't use some updating. Yeah, yes. exactly. Right, right. And it was just a really fun year working on that. We took it to Bench to Bedside, mm-hmm. which is the medical device competition in Utah. And we ended up winning first runner-up. Mm. So we got $10,000 in seed funding for our product. And then we formed a company. We have filed an international patent on it since then. And it's going through kind of like licensing negotiations right now. So how does that work with you continuing on with your training? I mean, do you get, I mean, are you, are you on like the board or how are you still connected to the company? I mean, how does that work? So I'm not really anymore. Okay. Um, the University of Utah has rights to the patent and oh, so they're kind right. of in charge of negotiating the licensing agreement and then I'm moving for residency. Um, Foreshadowing. Yeah. Yes. Spoiler. <laughs> yes. For me, um, it. Like, that project is more how I learned to do this medical device innovation. And so, for me, I'm going into dermatology. I think dermatology is just primed for for medical innovation. And, you know, dermatologists already personalize so much of their medicine. It it just makes perfect sense. All right. Yeah. Okay, so bioengineering. Yes. So then you guys, you do that for a year. James is finishing out second year, and then you're finally linked. Start third year together. Is yeah, that, and it is was that really nice. Yeah, it was really nice because, I mean, I'd always been, I wouldn't say I felt like I was behind, but, I mean, like, Lara always, um, she always, like. She lorded it over you that you were an <laughs> yeah. underclassman at all times. Um, yes. it, it was just, it was really nice because um, for the first time, we were kind of going through the same things together. Mm-hmm. So rather than. Um, like one of us, like having a fresh take on something, and the other person having already been through it. We got to do a lot of things at the same time, so it was a lot of fun to kind of work through mm-hmm. the clinical years, like third and fourth year together. And our first rotation during June of our third year was family medicine, and we both got to go together and do rural family medicine down in southern Utah. Cool. I was in. We were both in St. George in different clinics, mm-hmm. and I was in Hurricane for part of my time too. But it was really fun because we both got to see clinical problems at the same time, like the same thing, study together for our shelf exams. It was a really fun time, I thought. Did you actively try to have similar rotations, or is that just happenstance you're on family medicine together? Uh, it just happened, yeah. Okay. We ended up having family medicine, pediatrics, and OBGYN uh, at the same time, but mm-hmm. we never were on the same teams. Okay. So, right. Uh, yeah. And you played it cool. Yes. yes. Yeah, I mean, I think all the clerkship directors, I think, knew that we were a couple. Because they can kind of tell there was some sort of yeah. energy <laughs> about show up together, yeah. we'd eat each other's food. Dr. But... Good, specifically. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, and we talked... We to... just met Dr. Good. Well, I yeah. don't know. We just seem to hit it off. Don't all the third years kiss each other? <laughs> <laughs> we talked about it and with Dr. Stevenson, and I guess um, some couples try to be together and some don't want that like people to know that they're mm-hmm. a couple and so we were kind of like let's not try to be together yeah mm-hmm. so let's play it cool yeah, yeah. let's play it cool yeah. That's all what right we <laughs> okay so james um if i had talked to you in the first two years of med school what were you thinking of going into and then what 
changed your mind? How did you evolve to your venture okay. choice? Yeah. yeah, no, this is a good conversation to have. So I came into med school planning to become a physiatrist. So that's mm-hmm. a doctor in physical medicine and rehab. Mm-hmm. Um, I was exposed a lot during my undergrad. I did a lot of research in motor control and motor rehabilitation. My um, undergrad was in exercise science. So it really fit kind of the things that I was interested in. Um, and then I shadowed quite a bit in the different areas of PM&R, which, cause it's quite broad. Um, and why, 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 why you just explain what that is to people? Cause like okay. people don't know too much about PM&R. Yeah. So what so, kind of doctor is that? So, what do they do? um, a physical medicine and rehab doctor or a physiatrist, um, it's sometimes called, um, they're doctors who take care of patients who have been through like life altering changes in function. So a spinal cord injury, a stroke, a traumatic brain injury or other types of brain injuries, um, as well as um, acute and chronic, um, like musculoskeletal injuries, so polytrauma patients. Um, once these people are stabilized and out of ICU setting and out of the hospital floor, a lot of them benefit from daily um, like rehab from physical, physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy. So they come to what's called the rehab floor. And or medically. another facility. Yeah, yeah, or another facility. Yeah. yeah, it could be a standalone hospital, a rehab mm-hmm. hospital. But those are medically, they're run by um, PMNR doctors. So we manage heart failure, um, infections, um, lines, you know, wounds, different surgical problems um, that need to be addressed by other doctors. We basically quarterback all the medical problems so that the therapist can do their thing with the patients three hours a day. Um, and so they, they have to meet strict criteria to come and see us in the rehab wing. But um, I just like that because we get to do both the acute setting, but then we get to follow them in the outpatient setting as well. Okay. So it's a lot of good continuity. I love the neuromuscular system. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a lot of the medicine that I like to do. Mm-hmm. So And during med school, I would say up until third year, that's what I was planning on doing. I really liked my surgery rotation, not because of the surgery, but I liked the anesthesia aspect of it. When I was on the, my community rotation for two weeks at AltaView, I got to do like most of the intubations because the anesthesia team there was very into medical students because they hardly get medical students there. Mm-hmm. And so I got to do a lot of intubations there, and I thought that it was really fun, immediate medicine. You get to give medicine, see the effects immediately, which is pretty rare for a lot of doctors. Um, and so I considered anesthesia pretty seriously during mm-hmm. third year. But then I finally came back and did a two-week elective in PMNR at the end of my third year, and it just kind of sealed the deal. I got to go back to the rehab unit, and it's just that's the environment that I really enjoy. It's very multidisciplinary. We get to work with like mm. seven or eight different allied health professionals. Everyone's kind of giving their their take on what the patient needs, and the patients are very involved in that process. So it just seems like good medicine, and it was what I was most interested in. So you you were the prodigal PM&R doc. You maybe left a little bit, but then yeah. you came back home. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, I would say I'm lucky because a lot of students never see anything in PM&R during mm-hmm. med school because it's very subacute. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like after the fact. You know, everything's about trauma and surgery and mm-hmm. acute medical problems in the hospital. But we are m- more focused. We're kind of like the post-acute care specialists. Okay. I like that. So. That's, I learned something. That was beautiful. <laughs> All right. What about you, Laura? Yes. So I... You mentioned dermatology. Yes. So I went to med school thinking I would do pediatrics. Mm. And I just really like taking care of kids. And that has not changed since I started medical school. But then I shadowed a dermatologist kind of by happenstance. And I just thought he was a really good doctor. So I kept shadowing him and fell in love with dermatology along the way. Is this, so is this in the first two years? It was the kind of the end of my first year, I think. Okay, right. Yeah. So I love dermatology. I think it's perfect for me. Um, it's a very broad field, 
um, people think that it's not, but it is. I, th- I say that dermatologists are experts in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And it's fun because you can make a really broad differential with lots of organ systems. Um, it's really nerdy, which fits me. I like knowing, you know, details of things. I like the idea of being the console expert on mm-hmm. something. So yeah. all these rashes have these really intricate names. They do. Yeah. I, I love that. James always makes fun of me for that. I do. <laughs> it is, like, that's a constant. What do you say? You're like, how many adjectives can you put in a rash? Yeah. And none of the adjectives actually end up meaning anything about the diagnosis. They're all misnumbers too. Yeah. Okay. There are a lot of misnumbers. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so third year, we're, we're tempted at all by anything else. I was actually. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I, for a minute there, thought that I was going to be a general surgeon. Um, I loved my surgery rotation. It was kind of in the dead of winter, um, but I ended up loving it. And I was on, I remember, bariatric, foregut bariatric service, Mm -hmm. which was so fun. And I was like, you know, I could see myself really doing this. Mm -hmm. And so I would spend time, like, outside of my rotation, going to other surgeries, exploring other surgical specialties Mm. to see what I liked. Mm. Um, But anyway, in the end, I kind of was like, you know, they always say, if you love the OR more than anything else, then be a surgeon. And I was like, I'm not sure that that's totally me. So I I went back to dermatology. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. So you have your fields picked. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What is your strategy going into fourth year and interviews and residency application. Did you have a coherent strategy at the beginning or did it kind of was it kind of ad hoc? I mean I think we, kind we of thought com- we had a good strategy and I think it's important What was your initial strategy? Yes. So we made a list of all of the PMNR programs and all of the dermatology programs and we knew from the gate that we were dermatology is more competitive than PMNR, but physical medicine and rehab is still really competitive. It's a small field. There's not a lot of All spots. fields are competitive nowadays. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so true. Just a yeah. different degree of competitiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So the first thing we did was see all of the um, cities where the programs lined up because they're both small fields. So it's not like internal medicine or surgery where you can apply to Chicago and there's 35 different programs in mm-hmm. one city. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, even in the largest cities, there's still like five programs in, you know, in Chicago, New York. So, um, so you're targeting larger Northern cities. Well, we which were, tar- is ironic, we were targeting yes, the whole no. nation actually. Yes. Okay. So we literally applied, I applied to 65 of the 75 PMNR programs and you applied to, I applied, I applied to 110 dermatology Of the 117 dermatology Yeah, I think there's like 100. So if you feel comfortable in sharing, how much did that initially cost? Because we're just, we're talking about clicking those boxes, (laughs) right? Like the little Amazon bin, the cart just growing. Yeah. Um, Well, I actually got a fraud alert from my credit credit card when I tried to pay that. (laughs) (laughs) So ballpark 10,000? Not that much. No, so initially it was probably... 2500 for each of us. Yeah. Okay. Just for the ERS application. And that included. That's before interviews, before yes. anything. That's yeah. the first step. And yeah. I will say, we did not know. I mean, we knew we were going to spend a lot of interviews, but we didn't know coming out of the gate that it was going to cost us several thousand dollars each just to apply. Yeah. And we had to apply to prelim years, too. Well, all those programs, it takes, like, you know, to print the paper. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. To open yeah. up a but file. That's what it is. You know, <laughs> we can talk about the racket of, of, of all of this another, another day. But, yeah. 
It is okay. A okay, I'll put that on the record. It's a wrap. Okay, for sure. <laughs> All right. So, so the initial strategy: look, play broadly. Yeah. Lot of programs. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and just see what happened because we didn't know how competitive we would be. Yeah, uh, we didn't know. I mean, it's this is the kind of the same yeah. thing in med school. Like, I, 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 you know, there's there are certain key differences in the match, but I, mm-hmm. I, one of the I think the core similarities are if you apply broadly. And then you start seeing how many interview offers you get. You mm-hmm. get a kind of a sense of how competitive yep. you yeah. are nationally and, like, what your odds are, right? Yeah. So if you apply to 50 med schools and you get, like, two interview offers, like, you're, you're kind of in a rough shape. Right. But if you apply to 50 med schools and you get, like, 30 interview offers, you're like, oh, you're in really good shape. And right. I would, I would venture the same thing is true for both your fields. Yeah, totally. Definitely. Yeah. That's, the, yeah, I would so, say that's the case. So who started hearing first or... You know, how 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 did the interview offers trickle in, and then, and then okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. so you guys are making faces at yeah. each other trying so, to think <laughs> how this all unfolded. I'll yeah. start off by saying, so dermatology interviews very late, yeah. and we knew that going into it. They, they want to maximize anxiety. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard because I PMNR interviews. I mean, starting from mid October until mid January, but I would say. 90% of the programs interview before New Year's. Okay. So I started getting interviews almost, we submitted like late, late September, like mm-hmm. the 28th or something, I think. Um, I can't remember the exact date. And then we started getting, I started getting offers within the week for programs. And so the interview offers, a lot of programs offer more spots than there are, or they offer more interviews than there are spots for those interviews. Hmm. So you have to literally, the minute you get the text, like the second you get it, you have to schedule that's it. Ins- that's and insane. And we both yeah. had instances where we missed it by a couple minutes and we were not able to get an interview. We both had that happen. So you have to get it immediately. We both set up a separate email account and had the emails forwarded to our text messages, our phones on full ring um, to get the email and the text message to make sure we didn't miss it. Wow. Um, we were both on away rotation at Northwestern when this was happening. So we were both in Chicago, um, and we had to, like, step out of rounds. And mo- the good thing is, I mean, at least my attending teams were really – they were really good about it. But you have to schedule them immediately on a phone, and it's – And did you have time to coordinate between the two of you? Like, were you texting, or are you just like, There's okay, zero coordination. Or you just yeah. have to, like, yeah. just yeah. grab that interview yeah. offer and just mm-hmm. deal with the consequences and the flights and mm-hmm. all, the, all yeah. the stuff afterwards. Yes. So the problem with having different interview seasons is I don't know where I'm getting interviews yet, and James's interviews are piling in. So he actually just went on every single interview he got, yeah. basically. Well, that's not true. But, but basically. <laughs> it feels true. I went you on, tried to. I went on nine interviews before Lara had even received a second offer. She only had received one offer because most interviews for dermatology don't even come out until after Thanksgiving. And I had been on nine interviews by then. So, again, this is great. I love talking about yeah. this because there's so much, like, so much going on. Yeah. So, James, did you feel that you were kind of like the tip of the spear, meaning that you had to be on your A game because, mm-hmm. you know, Laura might have to, might, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you were kind of the first wave of the couple, yeah. and if you were very, very impressive, that there might be some communication where they would kind of say, hey, we really like this James mm-hmm. guy. You know, let's, let's, let's make sure that Laura gets an interview. Or, or did you not think like that? Or is that... So, that yeah. was definitely my mindset. Okay. I would say all, 
as soon as Lara even hinted that dermatology might be her target, like mm -hmm. when she was in second year, I knew I had to be the best student I could be, the best applicant to whatever I went into because of that. Just because I didn't knew, I knew I couldn't be the one that brought down the dermatology application because it's so competitive. <laughs> And I think that that definitely held through during interview season. And we tried, we can talk about communication of when I got an offer, emailing to ask that they look at my significant other's application. So you're very upfront with that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We were very, very transparent. About that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We emailed and called every, basically every program I was offered an interview to make sure they knew A, that I'm couples matching and B, that my wife was applying to dermatology. And if they could just reach out and let them know, hey, your app, this applicant's significant other hasn't been invited to our program to interview, just so you know. Did they respond to that? Or was there a wide spectrum of like some people would go, would be silent or people would acknowledge they got the email or? Yeah. yeah. For the most part, I think PM and R was very friendly about it. Mm -hmm. Dermatology, <laughs> I don't tell us what to I do. I couldn't really tell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we just did it anyway. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So your interview seasons are different. You're interviewing, and your interviews start coming in. Mm -hmm. And going back to the overall strategy, what started to shift? Did, I mean, did you feel like you started saying no to certain programs, yes. or were you just saying yes to everything, or? So in this budget, I mean, what was the budget at? And did you just yeah. blow right through it? Yes, we did. Okay. Yeah. So we <laughs> couldn't like feasibly have a budget, honestly, because mm -hmm. we didn't know how it was all going to play out. Mm -hmm. um, and we knew that we needed to go on as many interviews as possible you to maximize to our chances. Yes. And so we had a shared calendar and we'd put in all of our interviews on there so we could see each other's interviews and more towards, you know, when things were ramping up for me, we could start canceling interviews James had mm -hmm. where I got rejected. Mm -hmm. So that was nice. Um, and then it was also places I hadn't heard from where James had already interviewed. I was kind of like harassing them, like, please. In a pleasant way. Yes, yeah. in a very pleasant way. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, or mm -hmm. like, and that actually worked a couple of times. So James had mm -hmm. an interview at a couple of schools and um, one of them is the place that we matched, mm -hmm. actually, where I hadn't heard from them. Mm -hmm. And so I kept emailing them, and I said, hey, my significant other has an interview there. Please, can you tell me if I'm on a wait list even so we know if James should cancel or not? Because it's just so expensive. Mm -hmm. And a couple of programs said, yes, like, you are on a wait list. And then I got off the wait list, you know. Mm -hmm. Which was awesome. Yeah. So that worked a couple of times. Mm -hmm. And we should, we should we should save the end of that story for later. But I think it is important to recognize. So up front, like the way that the calendar looked. I mean, I had <laughs> two and three interviews scheduled on like many Monday. Mostly Mondays and Fridays are the hottest interview days. And most of my mon my Fridays from Thanksgiving until the middle of January had at least two interviews scheduled mm -hmm. most of the Mondays so the I just want to talk about the courtesy like it's hard because you want to give like at least a week's notice because someone else, they can find yeah. someone else to fill the it's, spot. It's a really valuable spot. It's yeah. a lot of time. It's a lot of the the whole department has to interview all these people, and it's a lot of doctors' time. And, a, and obviously, you want them, you want all the applicants to get the interviews that they need, and so you don't want to hold on to it too long. But um, it was hard because when we were not 
like say I had three offers and it was a week away and I knew which one I wanted to go to, <laughs> but it was still early enough that Laura hadn't heard from any of the programs. So you have to start making these decisions like, well, what's which one is the most feasible for us versus mm-hmm. which one is the one I want the most because it's the most competitive program. So it's a lot of tough decision making. Yeah, we had to like kind of shot in the dark on mm-hmm. a few instances. And I would say our thoughts, like where we thought we were going to get interviews, we were almost always wrong. Like, mm-hmm. of the three, if I thought, oh, well, this one is probably the one that we are going to... Wow. Laura just showed me the, the Google calendar. And yeah. It's, it's quite impressive. It's A lot of different colors. It's just too much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's just funny because the places we thought we'd get interviews, we didn't get interviews. And the places we would never have, dr- have dreamed or have imagined we would get interviews, places we'd never been before with no ties at all. Um, we got like we got interviews, and mm-hmm. so it's just the whole process was really random. I remember specifically, James had an interview in Birmingham, Alabama, mm-hmm. and I was like, "There's no way Alabama would interview me. That's so random." And then he was about to cancel it, and I got an interview. Mm-hmm. Over there. Yeah. So like, you yeah. really have no idea. Mm-hmm. So how many total interviews did you each go on? I. Got 13 offers and went on 11. Okay. For dermatology. For dermatology. And for prelim year. Yeah, so for dermatology, you have to do, your intern year is not included in that. And so I had to interview for intern year separately. So I think I went on 25 interviews. Total? Total for prelim. 25? Yeah. Or no, 17. No. You were you, offered. You were 25. You were. That's right. Yeah. So I went on 17 for prelim, went on 11 for dermatology. And I, let's see, I was offered 46 PM&R interviews. I went on 23. Wow. And then I was, I don't know how many prelims I was offered, but I went on nine prelim interviews. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I will say, I mean, as a, an aside, most specialties don't have to do prelim interviews, but both of our specialties do, and they are very competitive. You don't realize mm-hmm. it when you're applying. You're like, oh, I'll get an intern year. It's, it's just an intern year. There's yeah. always open spots, but they are very competitive. You're competing with dermatology, radiation oncology, yeah. radiology, anesthesia. And you like the programs with elective time. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know, mm-hmm. yeah, I know yeah. exactly what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. Surprisingly yeah. Very yeah. yeah, we were actually surprised, and we, we were very fortunate to have a lot of prelim interviews, but if we hadn't applied so broadly because we were couples matching, I don't think we would have been as successful. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you mind sharing how much budgeted do you end up paying? Like, we're talking flights, yes, and yeah. rental car rent, uh, rentals, and, and we were talking about hotel nights because yeah. most of these so, programs aren't putting you up in hotel, right? Yeah. You're, this no. is like you're on your own. I think we both had one program put us up. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, so sit down for this. I am. You are sitting good. <laughs> Probably $40,000 between the two of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. American dollars? American dollars. Oh, wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And I would say that probably accounts for, we both did two away rotations also, and okay. those were not cheap. I mean, Laura went to Seattle and to Chicago, and we were together in Chicago, so I was in Chicago, and then I went to Rochester, Minnesota. So, but both... Our away rotations were not cheap either, mm-hmm. but I would say definitely the bulk of our money was spent on interviews. Yeah, so probably 30000 for the interviews mm-hmm. and then 10000 for the application process. And and, and did, mm-hmm. did anything, what, did you have some catastrophe, some travel plane issue or weather issue, or did everything kind of run smoothly? Because mm-hmm. I know that can, that can create also havoc in the schedule and the cost. 
We were actually, I think, pretty fortunate as yeah. far as like making our flights. Lara had one big delay when she was trying to get across the country. I think you were trying to get back to Alabama from from Spokane. Oh, or no, yeah. you were trying to get to it was somewhere crazy. It was somewhere in the south, and mm-hmm. it was from she was flying from Spokane, connecting in Salt Lake. And the flight ended up, because of weather and de-icing, it was delayed. I basically, I ran through airports constantly, yes. but I never yes. had a big catastrophe, so I feel very uh, lucky. It just sounds so stressful. Yeah, I will say, we both definitely ran through a lot of airports. Yes. I, I mean, I know O'Hare Airport, like, better than a, a Chicago at this point. <laughs> like, I definitely feel that way. Wow. <laughs> all right. So, you interviewed all these programs. Um, I assume you're kind of taking notes, and you're kind of forming in your mind, you know, why a certain program is better for you or better fit than others. Mm-hmm. How did you approach your rank list? Was it kind of an ongoing discussion or did you like dedicate like, okay, date night this weekend, we're going to just hash this sucker out. Like what was your kind of approach? What kind of values did you try to like adhere to? I don't know if there was an initial strategy. Mm-hmm. Like, so like what was your thought process? How'd you do that as a couple? So I think our rank list was kind of ongoing. Yes. We had um, some shared notes on our phones that we could look at where we each kind of like wrote down what our individual rank lists were. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we would go to the gym and work out and like talk about our rank list at the mm-hmm. gym like a lot. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> so I, I had heard that making the rank list for couples can be very, what's the word? Tenuous. Yeah, it, a lot of back and forth. Because yeah, okay, well, it kind of cre- can create stress yeah. on a, yeah. a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think we were actually pretty fortunate because um, I think first and foremost, we both had a lot of really good options. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the big thing is I don't think there was a program that ended up being on our rank list that we wouldn't that we didn't think was a good program. Yeah. So things like geography were there were certain places we were more interested in living than others, but we were definitely okay with moving like anywhere. Um and obviously strength of the program, but we were looking for also the kindest program, and I think that was something that varied um, more than we thought it would between programs. Just in, when you visit, you can really tell the culture of a program by even how they treat their residents and things like that. Those were things that we were really interested in and that affected like where we ranked certain programs. Yeah, I think I valued collegiality of a program very mm-hmm. highly, and then also... Um, you know, the academic strength of the program overall. I think those were kind of my top mm-hmm. two things. And I don't know. I felt like a lot of our ranks between me and James, we both liked a lot of the same programs. Yeah. So it ended up being pretty easy for us to okay. make our English. So no disagreements or no program that was kind of an outlier for one of you? I mean, the- we went back and forth. I would say our list... Um, the the very top and the very bottom, I would say there weren't big changes there, mm-hmm. but the um, kind of the middle, I think we changed quite a bit over the, I mean, two months that we were seriously like conversing about a lot of different programs. But I think we were pretty pretty much in agreement by the end about where we ranked things. There was there's a Durham program that I really liked. It's kind of it was like a a top Durham program that I really liked that wasn't as strong in PM&R, mm-hmm. and I think that was the only one that. I wish I'd been a little bit higher, but mm-hmm. we matched above that, so yeah. it's yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this entire time, going back to the the like the thank you notes or love notes, like are you are you guys just like carpet bombing all these places? Like <laughs> yeah. what what's 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 your strategy here? And I assume yeah. I get the sense PM&R kind of responds, but like 
dermatology is just kind of like silent, they, radio silence? Yeah, so I... I mean, well, I guess the question is, what was your communication like mm-hmm. with these yes. programs? As, as the rank list evolves and gets solidified, what were you doing to kind of yeah. share those feelings? Yeah. I think the interview and post-interview communication culture is different between specialties. Mm-hmm. Um, and in dermatology, I had kind of understood... You tell your number one program there, your number one, and then you don't tell any of the other programs anything, really. Mm-hmm. So that was what I did. Um, what did you do, James? Yeah, um, and I think, yeah, the statement that the cultures are different is true. I, I would always, the coordinators are like your best friends mm-hmm. at these interviews and before and after because they obviously have the time to respond to things, and they're mostly very, very nice people. They're really organized. And on interview day, I would always get a sense of how much they valued thank you notes. And I had two kind of coordinators specifically that told me, oh, I know that the program director looks specifically to see whether you sent thank you notes or not, which is important. So I sent thank you notes to every single interviewer that I had whose email address I could get. And some programs don't want you. And if they tell you specifically not to, then I didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had a few that were like that. But um, besides that, I sent a strongly worded like letter to every single program that we were ranking, saying that I liked their program. Um, and then for our, my number one, I just told them that they were my number one um, and the reasons why they were. Yeah. So James had a lot more emails to send yeah. me. Because dermatology, almost every program said specifically, do not send thank you notes. Mm-hmm. All right. So you submit your rank list in February. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How was it from February to March? Felt good? Doubting yourself? Yeah, I felt good. So I, part of it was mm-hmm. I was off rotation in February. Okay. And after, like, submitting my rank list, I was, like, I felt, like, free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was, like, you know, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. The load's off my back. I can just hang out. So Need to work. Yeah. Make some money. Pay back that $40,000. Yeah. <laughs> that little gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I think I was... I wouldn't say at peace, but I was content that it's out of my hands. You know, I think everyone says that. Everyone mm-hmm. seems to echo that sentiment that even if they, thinking back, like, oh, I wish I would have changed four and five or something, at least you know you can't change it anymore. And it's kind of like you're letting this computer just make a decision for the rest of your life. And you can kind of just abide by that and know you couldn't have done anything different because at this point you can't. Mm-hmm. So I think the pressure was kind of off in some ways. And we knew we had a lot of good options, mm-hmm. but we always kept telling ourselves like we could drop to the very bottom of our list. Um, even if though we wanted to get, you know, one of our top five, I think we said any of our top five would have been great options. We would have been thrilled about that. Um, We always told ourselves, we ended up having um, like 11 different programs that we ranked together. Mm -hmm. And even if we dropped down to the bottom one, we said, you know what, like going into this, our most important thing was that we'd be together for training. It's still a good program. Mm -hmm. Um, And we would be thrilled just to be able to have that. And I think it's worth, we should probably talk a little bit about how we made our rank list because the couple's rank list is, it can kind of be a mess. Mm -hmm. You connect your applications through the NRMP's portal for the match. So rather than having a list of, you know, 12 programs, you have a list of combinations of those 12. Luckily, ours were so spread out that it was kind of, we didn't have to do the A with A, A with B, B with A. Mm-hmm. They were all in the same city. We didn't have that scenario. We had one city for each set of programs. Mm-hmm. So our list was fairly short for our primary list. But we did do some 
like secondary and tertiary lists below the primary list. I don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, just to make sure, like some couples are okay with living apart a certain distance and we kind of decided we weren't okay with that. Mm -hmm. um, and also the, t the secondary list is kind of like to make sure you at least get a prelim spot. Mm -hmm. So that's, mm -hmm. that was our strategy. So the Monday of match week, was that more anxiety provoking than the Friday or what, how, what, what was your feeling? I think it was. Yeah, I agree. Um, cause this is when you, this is where you no. this is the time when you find out if you match yes. and then Friday you find out where you match. Yes. So Monday could be very difficult, mm -hmm. full yeah. of tension. Yeah. Yeah. I was very anxious for that Monday just because like, you know, there's always a chance that, that you don't match. Um, and especially with a couple's match, we mm -hmm. felt additional pressure. Mm -hmm. And so I was on ICU rotation, and <laughs> I was just so anxious. We were on rounds, and you get the email at 9 a.m. Mm -hmm. Which I heard was a few minutes late this year. It was a few minutes late. It was. Late. Yeah. And so I just, I was like, I need to, like, get up and just walk out. You and start coughing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just told my team, I was like... I'm going to find out if I matched. If I don't come back, you know why. <laughs> so I just walked out and um, waited for the email. And when I got it, I was just, I was so happy. I was like crying. I was so happy that I, I had matched. Well, where were you, James? So I was, I was off rotation in March. I'm just doing research this month. And so I actually went to um, Dr. Stevenson's office because they have rooms set aside for people. You can go and you can just find out from Dr. Stevenson as soon as he finds out if you matched or not. And the reason I did that is because the way that our couples match rank list was set up, we prioritized Lara's match over mine in the secondary lists. So we had our list of us together, but then after that we had Lara matching dermatology and me matching just intern year, just because the dermatology match is so much more competitive. And so I wanted to get that email because the email tells you if you partially matched, that is you only got either a prelim year or maybe just an advanced position, mm -hmm. but not a whole match, or if you matched entirely. So I wanted to find out if I matched like entirely because I, if I knew that, then it also meant that Lara matched because we landed one of our first 11 programs together. Mm -hmm. So um, I went, I just wanted to hear from the horse's mouth, like, okay, you're good, I'll see you Friday. And that's what happened, right? It, right when the emails came out, he just popped his head in and said, you're good to go, I'll see you Friday. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was a really good day. I, was, I ran out of the School of Medicine, I was jumping up and down all the way to my car, so it was a really good moment. And then Friday, who was there? For, yes. You're both your families, or? Yeah, mm -hmm. so my parents were there, my... One of my siblings and his wife. And my parents were there, and my twin brother was there as well with his girlfriend. And had you prepared them, because we even haven't talked about Utah, had, mm -hmm. had you prepared them for the possibility that you could be moving away? Yes. Well, I told them, I said, I... I love you, but <laughs> I need no. a break. <laughs> no, a like, physical distance they break. were... Um, actually aware of my rank list. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So they knew, but I told them, I was like, no matter where I match, you have to be happy for me. That's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> you were lecturing them about unconditional yes. love. Yes. Well, and I, mean, I think it's important to let your loved ones know, especially for the couples match, 
that just landing together is a monumental feat. I mean, especially in small specialties with, I mean, there's like less than 500 spots in each of our specialties. So nationally, the fact that you can both end up at the same program for training is, it's really, really difficult. I mean, the numbers are not with you. And as you can see from our, you know, from all of this, it's a lot, a lot of work. And so my parents, they didn't really know our, my rank list. And I didn't really go through all of the intricacies of the match with them. But they did know that there was a possibility that we wouldn't be together. And I kind of, I think the overarching theme that if we end up together, it's a win. They understood that. Okay. So that was kind of how they went into it. But I think that they knew that um, we there was a big possibility we could be leaving Utah. There's only one, I should say, there's only one PM&R and one Durham program in Utah. It's at the University of Utah. Mm-hmm. Most states only have one or zero. So Okay. So, bunch of speeches, they cut the ribbon, mm-hmm. and what do you guys do? Do you go get your envelopes and open it just the two of you? Or do you bring it back mm-hmm. to your families? How do you do this? Simultaneous? Mm-hmm. One goes before the other? Yeah. So open each other's? <laughs> oh, I have so many variations oh my in my yeah. mind. Yes. Yeah, so much you could do. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I fully considered all of those options. <laughs> but we basically made a beeline for the table immediately yeah. and then brought it back to our family mm-hmm. and opened at the same time. Well, and... I mean, they called us all up before they cut the ribbon, and there's just this mass. There's this horde of us students. We're all up there. We're like salivating. You can just trying feel to get, the energy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Everyone's kind of like, oh hey, oh hey. You know, everyone's like we're exchanging pleasantries, but really, it's like get out of my face. I want to get my envelope. So yeah, I was like, I'm pretty sure one of the news outlets here yeah. took a photo of me mm-hmm. like reaching across everyone yeah. to like grab my throwing <laughs> some elbows. Yeah. yeah, I'm getting out of the way. I'm like like standing straight up. My arms are up just to let, to let her through and grab her envelope because she was not. I mean, nothing was going to stand in her way. So where'd you match? We matched at Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt. <laughs> Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, Music City. Yeah. Yes, we're so excited. Mm-hmm. Home of white hot barbecue. I don't know. There's all these are ghost pepper barbecue. I heard. Oh, oh I, I heard didn't so, know this. Something actually. like that. Yeah. I know they I are the Commodores. This. I know that. That's about all I know. Lots of good music. So how do you feel about it? We are thrilled to mm-hmm. be matched at Vanderbilt. Yeah. Um, it's a great program for both of us. It was very high on our list. Mm-hmm. And Nashville is a really fun city, so... Yeah, um, we were both super stoked, and I would reiterate, um, like we said, one of the things we were really interested in was matching at programs that had really um, collegial, I think to to borrow Lara's word, collegial programs with um, really friendly cultures, and I think we both noticed that at Vanderbilt immediately when we got there was everyone was very collegial and for programs as highly ranked as Vanderbilt was for both of our specialties we were really surprised by that and so I think that's one of the reasons why it was ranked so highly was because it was really good training combined with a really really friendly culture in both of our departments Mm -hmm. so we were really happy about it yeah how'd your your families react they were happy Mm -hmm. I think my They, I, I could tell that my parents were sad that we, I was moving mm-hmm. away, but they were they, secretly hoping for like the Western U.S. Yeah, kind of exactly, thing. Mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. But um, which I knew was going to be their reaction mm-hmm. if I was moving. But they were very, very, very happy for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my folks uh, were really happy as well. I think that they were 
they're also kind of bummed, I think, that we're moving. But at the same time, I think they knew going into it, they, they knew that, you know, medical training can take people all over. Mm -hmm. So I think and you guys can were, always come back yeah. as yeah. attendings or yeah. for fellowships or so, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I will say, I mean, match day was kind of bittersweet because we found out we're actually not going to be in the same city for intern year. Oh, so um, was that also in the envelope or it was on the envelope? Okay. Yeah. So and that's something that the couples match, you can couples match into your primary training, but each, like we said, PM&R and Durham both require a prelim separate rank list for each program. So our rank one, we match a, we rank a program, and then you have to make a sub list under the each under that program of different intern years that you rank for that program mm -hmm. because they only cover years two through four of training. Mm -hmm. And so you can't couples match into those sub lists. And so we knew going into it there was um, a big possibility that some of the intern years might not be together. Yeah, I feel like that's a whole other podcast, Dr. Yeah. Chang. <laughs> that right yeah. there. We'll have to have you come back. Yeah. So where did you match for your prelim year? So I'm going to be at Providence Sacred Heart Hospital. It's in Spokane, Washington. And I'm going to be actually in Nashville. So my program was categorical through PM&R. Okay. So it's a prelim year at, Na at, at Vanderbilt. Mm -hmm. So. So, so I'm I like what Nashville. you said, bittersweet. So yeah. just this rush of emotions, like mm -hmm. the main... Mm -hmm. You know, Vanderbilt, but yeah. like the first year, yeah, yeah, thousands of miles. It's, yeah, it was, and I think it was hard. Our families were, I think they knew going confused. into it. Yeah, they were kind of <laughs> confused. Like, what is this? What's My going on? My parents, I think, were pretty confused. They yeah. were like, oh, well, I thought the match made it so you could be together. And it's like, well, yeah, that's true, but the prelim year, you doesn't account for it. And I think that's just one of the intricacies of the couples match that's mm. hard, but um, it's just the way that the system is set up. Yeah, I was like, it was it was definitely bittersweet because mm -hmm. I was like crying of happiness, but also I was like, oh, this is like, mm -hmm. you know, it's sad that we yeah. didn't get that first year together. But I think overall, very happy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Once we had some time to process, I think that it was it's hard because everyone's like up, jumping up and screaming like, oh, I'm going here. I'm going here. And we were so happy about Vanderbilt. But I think in the moment we were kind of like shocked. We were like, oh, like we're not going to be together. What does that mean? You know, mm -hmm. especially I mean, we've just finished talking about how we've been together for the past yeah, eight years. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We did the impossible by getting into the same med school in different years, you know, and there's no couples match for med school admissions. You know, mm -hmm. it's very you just you both need to get into the same school. And so um, I think it was just we were surprised. I think we thought that our we knew it was an option, but it just was it was just a, it caught us off guard. And I mm. think it took us some time to process that. But mm. we definitely overall are really stoked about Nashville. It's it's going to be really good training. for Are us. there direct flights from Nashville to Spokane? <laughs> No. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely not. Or we looked into this. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I don't even know. If that's only, what, a 30-hour drive? Yeah. You yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Smogan has direct flights to a lot of places. Yeah. Except, like, Seattle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it'll, it'll go by quickly. And yeah. I'm yeah, sure yeah. once you get your, have you gotten your call schedules, rotation schedules already? Uh, they're in the works. So, yeah. So then you can start, like, looking at the weekends yeah. and the mm -hmm. vacation. Yes. Just, it'll just, like, like Laura, you just showed me on your little Google calendar. It'll be kind of like that. Okay. Yeah. It will be like yeah. that. Mm -hmm. It will be really interesting. Yeah. I think it'll be fun. Yeah. Um, I have, we have family, too, in Seattle. Mm -hmm. So it'll be fun to hang out with them a lot. Mm -hmm. I have nieces and nephews in Seattle. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. And then I assume that all the different programs started reaching out to you. and. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of congratulating you. Oh my gosh, yeah. day is such a crazy day. Because, it is, yeah. Like, was, yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so crazy. You're finding out where you're going. You know, you're thrilled at where you match. You're finding out your engineers not mm -hmm. together, and then you're getting like bombarded with phone calls from your programs because yeah. they want to call you and congratulate you. 
And they're also sending me a thousand emails yeah. with, like, documents to fill out. And then, like, I remember <laughs> when I matched, and then I got my official contract in the mail a few days later. And I've never signed – I've never made that much money before. Yeah. Yeah. And I just remember – and this contract was, like, a huge deal. I never signed a contract like that because, like, yeah. it, was, it was, like, a multi – it's probably even bigger now. It was, like, in this, like, folder. I remember I had to, like, read through it. And, like, mm-hmm. what am I agreeing to? It's, like, I have a lot of bargaining power with this. Like, you, you yeah. just signing it. But I, I just remember, like, this is a big deal to sign this sucker. Mm-hmm. So I just you, was saying that the other night. I was, yeah. like – we actually have to read contracts now because, like, <laughs> we're employed. Yeah. <laughs> so you've gotten your contracts? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. it's really exciting to actually have a job. Yeah. And I'll just reiterate the craziness of match day. Like, literally, my phone was exploding the whole yeah. day. Both of our batteries by lunchtime for our phones were down to, like, 10%. Because I'm getting Twitter notifications because yeah. everyone's posting their photos. <laughs> and one of my good friends I met on the trail, actually, he's going to be my co-resident at Vanderbilt. And we met at, like, three different interviews. And we really we got along really well. And he was texting me, like, hey, we're going to be co-residents. It's going to mm-hmm. be so great. And I'm, like, I'm trying to, like, still process, you know, like, oh, I'm moon Nashville. Okay. I'm going to be in Nashville for first year. Laura's going to be in Spokane. And our families are like, oh, like, so what does this mean? How long is your training? You know, and it's just, there's a thousand people around you. Everyone's screaming. It's just a lot of stuff going on. It's a really, really stressful day. It's such a crazy day. Uh-huh. I just don't know how to explain it. Because, like, yeah, I was getting texts from all my friends, like, mm-hmm. where are you going? I'm getting tweet notifications, Instagram yeah. notifications. People are calling me from yeah. my pro. It, You're trying to explain family. this yeah, Spokane Vanderbilt thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, it yeah. was so crazy. Well, and we had um, we had some people on the phone also that were kind of calling in. Like Lara's brother is a missionary in another country, and he was calling in for Match Day, and so we were trying to explain to him over the phone about it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the video chat wasn't working, and it was just. I mean, it's just. A, and I have like nine siblings, so everyone's texting me. You know, it's mm-hmm. just there were just you can't. <laughs> replicate that type of like notification overload mm. and maybe once I'm attending it'll be like every day I don't know <laughs> but for, for, for March when I wasn't on rotation it was a lot to all at once mm. so but it was fun it's a fun day mm-hmm. well it sounds like you guys are sounds like well first of all congratulations thanks Thank I'm so like much. really happy for you and it just sounds like the journey is like continuing and I, I think you're going to have more stories. And I, I'm just, this is just so cool that, like, I think Vanderbilt's a great program. Spokane's a great program. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully you guys end up back in Utah one day because we can really use you as physicians. But then, I don't know, statistically, where you do your residency, you're more likely to stay in practice. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah, do we'll you guys see. have any family in, in, in the South, in Tennessee? Or? Uh, no. The closest we have is my brother lives in D.C., like the D.C. area of mm-hmm. Virginia. So that's that's we'll be a lot closer to him. Yeah, it's only an eight-hour car ride. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Most well, of our family is here, I would yeah. say. And my one of my brothers is applying to law school, mm-hmm. so we'll see where he gets in. Yeah. Um, he did apply to Vanderbilt, yeah. which I think would be so fun mm-hmm. if you got in there. Cool. Yeah. Well, we'll have to have you guys come back and just mm-hmm. have an update. But I'm just so excited for you guys. This is so amazing. So it's good. so exciting. I'm yeah. just thrilled. Like, finally being a real doctor and doing what you want to yeah. do is just kind of, like, indescribable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just really exciting. I think you work... You spend years and years and years of your life kind of thinking about what this is going to be like. And then it actually happens. And you're like, oh, I have a contract. You know, I have a job, my first doctor job. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it's more training. But it's so exciting just to think that you're going to be in charge of patients. And you're going to get to take care of them and kind of... You're going to have you know, an MD after your name yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's When you write orders, like... People do it, you know, like it, yeah. it means something. Yeah. It's yeah. really exciting. Yeah. So, I mean, we're really thrilled to be moving, to be doing 
our the next step of our training, the next step of our career, and the next step of our life. Really, you know, we're looking at where we're going to live, and mm-hmm. you know, doing. Have, you're, all have, of have that. you already gone out to the different cities to scout out apartments? And we are going. This you can weekend. probably afford. Can you afford a house with two resident salaries in Nashville? Uh yeah, we're looking at houses this weekend. Actually. Okay, we're flying out. Oof, so. Exciting! Yeah, so exciting! Yeah, super stoked! All right. Well, thanks, James. Thanks, Laura. Thank thanks you. So much. Thanks for listening to Talking Admissions and Med Student Life with Dr. Benjamin Chan, the ultimate resource to help you on your journey to and through medical school. A production of the Scope Health Sciences Radio, online at thescoperadio.com.